we love you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand before your people and to minister your word. God, I ask you today, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts. Lord, I know that I've studied. I know that I've put in time on it, Lord. But, Lord, now it's time for you to speak those things that you want to say, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you guide guide my heart and my mind and my spirit. And, Lord, that I may flow in the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you. Thank you for your people here today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you read the bulletin, you have noticed that I was going to speak on the judgment seat of Christ. I guess this is the first time that I've ever um, ministered on it, but it's something that was laid on my heart several weeks ago, even before the pastor got into ministering on our destiny. So uh, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If we're a born-again believer, we will stand before him. And... uh, That's what I want to talk about. There are two things that we will have in common, that we all have in common. First of all, we all have birthdays. Each of us were conceived and born approximately nine months prior to our birthday. Secondly, there will be a day when we will face face death. I understand that we're looking for Christ's return. However, since none of us know the day or the hour, Let us assume that we will pass on from this life to the next by death. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as as it is appointed for men to die once, we will all die someday. We will pass from this life to the next. There is a period of time between our birth and the time that we die, and it's called life. Life. What we do with this time called life is completely up to us. Man cannot dictate to us how we're going to live our life. It's up to us. Whether we live for God or if we serve Satan depends on our decisions we make. When we die, it's not all over. We are starting, we're beginning eternity. When we die, we've only just begun. The decisions we made during the lifetime, this lifetime will determine where we spend eternity. Again, Hebrews 9.27 says, And as is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Everybody, everybody will face judgment. It will not matter if we are great, if we're small, if we're rich, we're poor, no matter what our status is, we will all face Judgment. How we are judged will be determined by the decisions we made and how we live and conducted ourselves in this life. Upon death, our eternity destiny, eternal destiny is fixed, and the only thing that will change our eternal destiny is making changes to our decision now. Once we reach that point, that's it. If you're ready to see Christ, you'll see Him. But if you wasn't, we know what the other outcome is. According to the Scriptures, mankind will face two judgments. One of two judgments. 
First is the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for those whose names were written in the book of life. That's what you want. You want your name written in the book of life. That's what we're working for. That's where we want to be. The second is the white throne judgment. It's for those whose name is not written in the book of life. Today I want to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 states, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And to me that brings up a question. Why? Why do we must we be judged? Are not our sins already forgiven? Have we not given our lives to Christ? Why is there judgment for the believer? If we're born again, why will we be judged according to what I've done, whether good or bad? Revelation 22.12 says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. There our judgment will be upon the things that we have done, the things that we have accomplished for Jesus, the things that we have given unto him, the works that we have done. And he has a reward for us. He has things that he wants to give us. And he wants to reward you and I. The rewards will be determined by the decisions and the works we've done during our lifetime. To me, that speaks that there is levels of rewards. What one will receive will not necessarily be what the next person receives because the works are different and the, the, and what they've done in this life is differently. I can really see Paul. He's got a great reward. Peter and the rest. But then there will be some will have a small reward. But everyone will be rewarded. Ephesians 5.27, just kind of jumping in the middle of the scripture, says Jesus will present her, speaking of his bride, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Well, today I want to say the church is not without spot or wrinkle. The church is not without blemish. There are things that we deal with in our lives and we struggle with. We know that it's not right, but it's there and we struggle with these things. There are wrinkles and there are blemishes that we are facing in our lives. What will be the gauge of the judgment? What will Jesus use to judge you and I? And that will be His Word. How we lived according to His Word. How we obeyed His Word. His judgment will be according to how our life, our works, measured up against His Word. There are many references in the Word of God about about judgments. And I want to uh, choose two. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. And I heard another from the altar. I'm sorry, Revelation 16, 7 says, And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. His judgments will be true. 
whatever he says at the time that we come before him, it will be true. You will know that it's true, that it will be right, and it will be righteous. The things that he decides and the rewards that he gives you, it will be according to what you have done. And we will know because his judgments are true. There are three descriptive words for God's judgments that we just read in those scriptures. Judgments are upright, they're true, and they're righteous. Revelations 22.12 says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his word. He wants to give you all that he has. He desires that all will that our works will be plentiful so he can give and give and give rewards unto us. His judgments for the believer will determine our reward. He will give reward according to our work and the things that we've done in life. Only Christ will know what his judgments will be based on. However, according to the principles set forth in the Word, we can have some knowledge of what He will base His judgments. You know, He gave us His Word for us to live by. Again, we will be judged by the way that we live our life, according to His Word. I have a few that I, I just that came to my spirit at this time. We will be judged by our words. The words that we say, the words that we speak out. In our words is bad communications. Ephesians four twenty nine says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the believers. Colossians three eight says, But now you yourselves are put off, you are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. The words that say matter to God. The words that you say should matter to you. It really bothers me a lot when I see Christians and they allow all these things to come out of their mouth that is not pleasing. I know that it's not pleasing to God. Filthy language. It matters to God. Our language, let me back up a second. We'll witness on one side, tell of God's goodness, and then later on, the same people may hear you say some things that's really not pleasing to God. How does the words that you say affect your witness to people? The words that come out of your mouth, is it pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to men and women? Is it pleasing? Or do you, mm, the words kind of are sharp and they just bother your spirit. Today is, I want. It's important that we watch what we say with our mouth. It's important that what we say 
to what we see to and about others. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his, but deceives his own heart, this one religion is useless. Romans 14.19 Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. I guess the question is, do we edify one another or I just got to give them a piece of my mind. We're quick to criticize. We're quick to lash back. We're quick to come against. So many times we speak before we think. And boy, I wish I could get those words back. It's important to watch what we say. Don't be so quick to be critical. Don't be so quick to to speak out of your mind. I guess the question is, what would Jesus' reaction be to what you do and the words that you say? If we speak the truth or if we lie to others. Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says, Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. There's no such thing as a white lie. A lie is a lie. One thing I, in that scripture is talking about, we have put on the new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But yet, if we allow these things to continue to come out of our mouths, that old man, that old nature, we've got to put it off. Again, I want to say this is for the, for the church. This is not for the sinner. This is for the church. We're going to stand before God and we're going to be accountable for these things that we say and things that we do. You know, we make it there, that means we made it. That's great. But there's a reward. The motive behind our words, false impressions that you give out, a false witness. Proverbs 6.19, a false witness who speaks lies and one who shows discord among the brethren. Proverbs 12.17 says, he who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Giving false impressions to other people. It's real easy to do. There's a God up in heaven. He sees over all. Every act, everything we do is written in the book. And we'll be accountable for it. Another thing we're going to be judged on is our actions. 
First one I have down is forgiveness and unforgiveness. Luke 17, 3 says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Matthew eleven twenty five and 26 says, And whoever... And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I'll tell you what, that's a scary thought to me. To hold all against somebody, unforgiveness. Now, there's things you can be angry, but angry and sin not. But unforgiveness will destroy you. Now the word says here, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. I tell you what, that is a hard lesson to learn. There was a man in the church that used to go to. I had all against the guy. We were between pastors. And we had two gentlemen who were ministering. And this guy was disrupting. He was talking bad about them and everybody else who were trying to maintain the church while we were looking for a pastor. I really had a problem with him. He had never said anything about me, but it's just the way he had treated the church, the people. One day there was a message in tongues went out. The Lord gave me the interpretation, and boy, he started talking about unforgiveness. And I saw that great big old hand just do this to me. Boy, talk about get your attention. I knew what I had to do. Guess who took up the offering the next Wednesday? It was me and this man. And I had to ask for forgiveness for the feelings that I harbored in my heart. Now, he asked for forgiveness. He asked me to forgive him, which I did. But whether he meant it or not, it didn't matter. But for me, I had to ask for forgiveness. Unforgiveness will destroy you. It will destroy your walk with Christ. If you have a mom or a dad that you held unforgiveness to, whether they're alive or dead, it doesn't matter, or someone that, that has hurt you, it's important that you forgive them. You may have to forgive them today. And boy, then that spirit will rise up in you again, and you have to forgive them again tomorrow. But keep forgiving them. And God will heal you of the hurt that took place. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Another thing that He will 
judge us on if we're judgmental or critical of others. If Jesus died for all, how can we be judgmental or critical? Jesus died for them also. There's been so many times, and we said in the, our nation has been really guilty of it. There's been people guilty of it in the church too. The judgmental because of the color of your skin, or because of where you may be from. Maybe someone's traditions, and we just talk about them, we judge them. We ridicule them. Judgmental of their status in life, whether they're rich or poor. Or perhaps judgmental of someone that has a good intellect against someone who maybe is illiterate. Maybe it's we're judgmental for somebody on their body size. This should not be. This should not be. We are to love our brothers and our sisters as they are. Speak good to them. Speak good about them. Another thing that we will be judged on is our integrity. Truth in words and action. Psalms 15, starting with verse 1. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and walks and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor nor does he take up a reproach against his friends. Our integrity. Doing what is right. Doing what is right when no one's looking. Just because that's what's in your heart. Psalms 26.11, first part of it says, But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. My dad is very much of a man of integrity. He's my hero. We lived on a ranch. A lot of times the owners of the ranch would not be out there. But my dad was always doing what was supposed to be done. Got up, out at work at daylight, worked till it was dark. There's times he could have sloughed off really easy, but he was either mending fences or he was out in the pasture looking at the cattle or whatever. 
He was always about the other man's work. Everything that he'd done was with integrity. How are we with our integrity? One that comes to mind is in our taxes. Do we give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and do we give unto God what is his? Or do we try to fudge here and we fudge there? Now, I'm not talking about what's rightfully ours, but it's doing things that is not right without integrity. What do we do when someone gives us too much change and they don't catch it? Do we stop and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, you gave me too much? Or do we smile and stick it in our pocket? Again, there's a God up in heaven that's watching our life. Not to slap you around, but He's going to reward you for the work that you do and the things that you do in this life. And we who work, do we give a full day's work for a full day's pay? Do we slough off? We're going to be judged on our faithfulness to God. Are we faithful to the house of God? Do we come to the house of God just to be in His presence and to worship Him? Or do we use every little excuse that we can find? Oh, I've got to stay home tonight. I can't do this. I've got to stay home tonight. The Rockets are playing. I gotta stay home. There's a football game coming on it early in the morning. I gotta see it from the beginning. Where is your faithfulness to God? Are we faithful with our tithes and offerings? Or do we give it when it's convenient? Or, well, I really gotta pay this bill. Are we faithful? Are we faithful in service to Him? things that God asks us to do. We see a need out here. Oh, is there any way that I can help you? Are we faithful in our service? Or, uh, I, I really don't want to do that. We walk away. And you're the one that can help. Are we faithful in our witness? Do we witness to people that we come in contact with are we faithful are we are we going to be judged on our thought life lust is the same as committing Matthew 5 28 says but I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart is a sin of the heart. There are people that are addicted to porn within the church. They look at it. Oh, it won't hurt if I just look. I'm not touching. It does hurt. It hurts you and your walk with God. 
that hurts your family. And it's a sin. You need to be set free. There are people that have anger issues. They're angry at everything. Ephesians 4, 31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Colossians 3, 8, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Anger. Sometimes you don't even know why you're angry. You need to deal with it. You need to ask God to help you. Jealousness, envy issues. Exodus 20:17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servants, nor his female servants, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. We always want to do one up on each other. Somebody gets a new car, somebody's got to get a bigger car. Somebody gets a new house, somebody else has got to get a bigger house. Not because they need it, just because they covet what someone else has. The Word of God says, do not covet. Do not be jealous of what's not yours. The next thing we will be judged on is our persona. That's our character. The front that we present to people. The face that we put on. How many times that... uh, People don't really see the true you. We put on a front. Put on a proud look, a haughty spirit. Psalms 101.5. In the middle it starts, The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Proverbs 16.18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And the last one that I have is a know-it-all attitude. An unteachable spirit. I already know it. I know it. You can't tell me anything. We were in the neighborhood one time passing out flowers. At that time, we were knocking on doors and asking if there anything we could pray with them about. Went to one house that was a pastor of a church, retired pastor, in fact. And he welcomed us into his home. We talked to him for a little while. I said, is there anything we can pray with you about? Yes, my daughter is having this certain problem. And we prayed with him. Went out of that house, went right next to the next door neighbor. It was another pastor. You can't tell me anything. There's nothing that you can say that will convince me of anything. 
Now, he may have a lot of education. He may have all kind of degrees. But he has an unteachable spirit. We've got to have a teachable spirit for God to work in our hearts and our lives. The message today is not meant to be a doom and gloom message. But on the contrary. The judgment seat of Christ is for us, the born again believers, to be judged and rewarded for our works during this life. Just being there is a great reward. But God has so much more for us. Many of us have been satisfied just being a pew warmer, and I was that for so many years. That's all I cared about doing. I went to church. Not getting involved, dissatisfied coming to church. There's a reward for that. But there's so much more. Rewards begin to build and grow as we step out and do the work of the kingdom. The work of the kingdom is to teach or volunteer in a Sunday school, Royal Rangers, missionary class. And I was asked to give a commercial right there with her Trinity Church workers that we need right now. The kingdom is doing whatever you can find your hands to do. The kingdom, the work of the kingdom is stepping out of your comfort zone to pass out flowers and witnessing. The work of the kingdom is given out of your finances in the church as well as other ministries. The work of the kingdom is doing whatever you can to further the gospel. I would hate to think that I just barely made it through the gates of heaven. I would hate to think that I had no accomplishments that could be recorded in the books of heaven. When I graduated from high school, we all had annuals. We bought annuals. You know, if you notice in annuals, and I assume it's the same way today because I haven't looked at the new annuals that they have now. But for seniors, they have your picture and they list all the things that you've done while you were in high school. So many years of football. People that were in debate. They were in this club and that club. I had my name. I had accomplished nothing but graduating. I'd done nothing. I would hate to get to heaven. And all they could find by my name is my name only, that I barely made it there. There is a very sign of barely making it to not making it. 
Where do you stand today? Are you doing all that God has asked you to do? Are you doing all that you can do for God? But are you like me when I was in high school? Your name is written there and that's it. We will all face Christ. And we will all be judged for the things that we have done. But we got to do something to be judged against. It's our works that he will judge us on. It's not by our sin. It's not by the things. It's for our works. The things that we've done for Christ. Pastor speaks about the Nigerian pastor that was killed and died and went to hell. For some things that was in his life. Now we're talking about a pastor. He saw another pastor down there, and this pastor was there because he had taken money out of the church that was not his. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor of a church or you're a layman, we're all going to stand before God. There's another story that I heard that so, someone that saw heaven. And one thing he noticed that the people that we would thought would be way up close to the front of all the saints that were there were having to sit towards the back. God's not going to judge us as we think we will be judged. But he will judge us in truth and righteousness. The greatest thing as a Christian that we can hear is well done thy good and faithful servant. That means you've been out doing the things of the kingdom. That means you've been faithful in doing the things that God has asked you to do. That means you stepped up to the plate and said, God, you can count on me. I would hate for Christ to say, Andy, you made it. Been a great silence. Good and faithful servant. It doesn't matter what you do in this life. It doesn't matter what you accomplish. If you're not doing it for the kingdom's sake, if you're not doing it for Christ, it's not going to mean anything. If you were to stand before the judgment seat of Christ today, could you say in your heart, you have done all that you could do? I would have ventured to say none of us could say that. I guess this is a self-examination time. I believe what Christ is asking us to do today is to step on up. There's more that we can do.
That's more than I can do. I pray that today that this challenged your heart. Again, this was not a message of condemnation, but this was a message of encouragement to encourage you to step on up for what God has called you to do and be. Let's bow our heads. Today, Lord, I ask that you forgive us for the things that we have not done and that you've asked of us. Lord, I know that your word says there's great reward for us for the things that we do. But right now, Lord, the greatest reward that I can think of is to be pleasing to you And just to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, I pray that your word will stir their hearts today. God, that they would step up and do these things that you've asked us to do. God, there's so much to do and there's little time left. We read today that it says that you're coming quickly. And it's so true today, Lord, we see the times. Lord, we don't have time just to stay back and do nothing. There are souls out there to be reached. There are people to be taught. There are converts to be discipled. Lord, there are things that need to be done within the church. You need servants, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will quicken to our heart the things that we can do, Lord. And Lord, that we will step out and be obedient. Thank you, Lord. Would you hear still bowed? Perhaps there's someone here today who says, I don't know this Jesus. You talked about doing the works, being judged on the works, but I don't know him. I spoke earlier in the message about the great white throne judgment for those whose name is not written in the book, the book of life. Perhaps you don't know if your name is written there or not.
you don't want to miss out for what Christ has for you. The joy in knowing Him. To be set free from the clutches of sin. And if that's you today, I want to ask you if you just Bob lift your hand and says, please pray for me. If that's you this morning. I will assume by your reactions that we're all born again believers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we just give this day to you. And Lord, may your spirit go with us throughout this day. Continue to speak to our hearts. Live on our hearts, Lord God, the things that you desire. Lord, your word says that you, your sheep know your voice. Lord, that means we can hear you. Thank you, Lord. God, just be with us throughout this day. Be with our pastor while he's on vacation and his family, Lord. God, just bless him and bring him back refreshed, Lord God. Be with us throughout this week. Give us opportunities, Lord God, to be a witness to everyone that we come in contact with. Lord, we pray for souls this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.